We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob. We are live on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And if you're not watching live, that's fine. We will also be releasing this as a regular podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast version, what's up and welcome. I am joined tonight by Nick Crane. The NFL season is over, if you ask me. <laughs> I am also joined by one Taylor Peterson. We're just getting started. Although NFL fantasy season is over, and I won the championship in my work league. Boom. Hey, there you wow. go. How much money you won? <laughs> Uh, I think it was like a $20 entry fee. So it should be like, should be up there. What's a couple up hundred there, bucks? Like, a couple yeah, hundred? Like, probably like 150. Nice. nice. A, <laughs> you know what 150 will get you? The metric <laughs> shitload of the corn dogs from Sonic on 50 cent corn dog night. That's fair. I've always fair. said, you know how the thunder do that? Um, the Sonic slam dunk thing on the, on the, the games, like on the yes. broadcast, they choose a random person, and if there's a dunk in the second half, that person gets a $50 Sonic card. I've always yep. said, whoever wins that, if you're smart, you just hold on to it till 50 Cent Corn Dog Day. <laughs> Who needs 100 Corn just Dogs? Well, you don't, you'd probably get more like 96 after taxes. <laughs> Who needs that much money to, to Sonic to begin with? Harden would but, take the I 150. Mean, can you imagine the... the uh, like the car hop, I was trying to think of what, what they're called. The car hop rolling out on her skates with a hundred corn dogs on a tray for you. God. How many corn dogs, Nick, do you think you could eat in one sitting? Well, I've done it before. I've had probably 12 or 13. Are <laughs> <laughs> we going to get any context to that or just leave it like that? Uh, we'll leave it there. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, Taylor, beautiful. how many corn dogs could you put, put away in one sitting? Wait, wait, wait. First, Man. Nick, uh, did you eat the sticks too or did you leave those out? <laughs> Come on now. What do you think I am? An you animal? You ever take too big of a bite out of the corn dog and get like the stick down your throat? Get a little splinter. Little no, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, Taylor, uh, how many corn dogs could you put away in one sitting? Man, I'm going to say like 10. And I'm probably throwing up. Yeah, yeah. You guys ever not get those a, little yeah. mini corn dogs? Yeah, the little, the, the, like, yeah. You, you just can, like buy them uh, in the microwave them. Oh, frozen man. section? Yeah. They're incredible. You throw them in the in the fryer. I oh bet yeah, I know what you're the air about. fryer would be incredible. No Agreed. sticks to worry about. I guess you could get a little toothpick if you wanted, but <laughs> oh, that uh, that seems too bougie for me. Uh, yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so many good questions. <laughs> uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Um, everybody <laughs> talking about corn dogs. Matt Clarkson said, "If the moon were made of Sonic corn dogs, would you eat it?" Uh, there's only one correct answer, and it's hell yes. Um, all right. Well, hey, guys, before we dive into our basketball talk for the show tonight, um, 
quick announcement, a little bit of a somber moment here. And actually, as I'm saying this, Taylor is dropping a tweet. If you follow us on Twitter, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to get too much into specifics, but we have um, a close friend uh, who has lost someone very dear to them uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm sure we have listeners and people watching the live stream who have also uh, been impacted by the pandemic as well. And we want to do something special for this person uh, and their loved one uh, who they've lost. And their recommendation to us was instead of sending something to their family, uh, something frivolous that, you know, wouldn't really mean much. Instead, they've asked us to do something special for the COVID ICU nurses at OU Med. Uh, that is where this person's family member uh, was in their final days. Uh, and and our acquaintance told us that, you know, kind of getting to be there and getting to be with that loved one as they pass, you really see the struggle that these nurses are going through and, and what this pandemic is doing to them. So with that being said, the uncontested, we are donating our entire December pay from the podcast from our network at Blue Wire uh, to this cause. Uh, but we also wanted to allow you guys to get in on this as well if you wanted to do something nice and make an impact. Uh, with that being said, we have set up a business Venmo uh, at the underscore uncontested on Venmo. Uh, Taylor is also tweeting out the link to that Venmo now. If you would like to donate some money, uh, instead of just giving this cash straight up to the COVID nurses, we've actually reached out to a few people we know who are uh, who work in the the COVID unit at OU Med, and they're trying to find out what we can get for these people. You know, we don't want to get just like a basic goodie bag. We don't just want to show up with some cash and say, "Here you go, do with it as you will." Um, we want to do something special, uh, something impactful, and so we're waiting to hear back from them. But what we're going to do is we're going to wait this week. And then whenever we record this show again next Sunday, we will announce how much money the Venmo has made. Uh, we'll also be mentioning this on each of our post-game pods this upcoming week. So please, if you have a couple extra bucks you can throw towards this, um, we would love for for you to uh, get involved. It would mean a ton, I know, to all three of us and, and our two co-hosts that are not on the show tonight as well. So uh, please consider doing so. Uh, and we will announce how much we're probably looking at donating from the podcast, like 150 bucks, I think is about what we're going to make from December. Um, December was a really good month for us. So we're going to drop that as well uh, into this Venmo um, and, and towards this this endeavor. So uh, if you guys are interested, make sure to check out at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. Uh, we'll have the information tweeted up there. And then again, that Venmo is a business Venmo and it's just at the underscore uncontested. So with that being said, guys, let's jump into some basketball talk. We've got a full week of Thunder Hoops under our belt. We're about 5% of the way through the season, roughly. Um, how many games did the Thunder play now? Weird. Five. They yeah, so we're five, about, yeah. <laughs> probably about 8% of the way through the season now. Um, weekly recap real quick. I want to look back at what this week looked like. Thunder played four games, Jazz, Magic, Pelicans, and then the Magic again, the second time on the road. Two of those, the first two, the Jazz and the Magic games, uh, were both very close games that came down to the, to the last moment. Uh, Thunder lose both of them, though. It was the first Magic game, I think, where Shea had the layup at the at the end of the game to win it and missed, or was that the Jazz game where he had the layup that rimmed out at the, at the last second to win? That had to have been Jazz. It was game two. It was back-to-back okay. games, right? Yeah, because yeah. uh, he got the, the game winner against uh, Charlotte. That, yep. That's true. And then the, the Magic game was a one-point game, and it was close, but... Without Al and George. Out. That was Isaiah Correct. Roby breakout game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, then on breakout. New Year's Eve, they play the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, which was a routing. Uh, what well, That one ended up being around 30-point loss. Uh, that and new, then, that Terrence Ross gif. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then they finish the week uh, last night, Saturday night, with a win down in Orlando, this time with Al Horford and um, George Hill, but the Magic without one Evan Fournier, who's on my fantasy league, so I was a little upset about that. But 
Uh, guys, initial thoughts, reactions from the first week of Thunder basketball. What are you impressed with? What are you upset with? Uh, lay it all out. Let's hear what you got. <laughs> I'll start with surprised, although that wasn't an option you gave us. <laughs> Very surprised in the shot distribution. And yep. I'm sure we could talk That's about this till our microphones die, but I figured Shea would be attempting 20-ish shots a game. He's right yep. at 15. It's like 0.6 more shots than he attempted last season in a much more crowded kind of offensive system. Um, I thought Al Horford would be more aggressive offensively. I think he's had a couple games where I've been like, you know, that's that's about what I expected. But there's some other games where I'm like, he doesn't really do much offensively. Um, and it's just overall the scoring distribution. We've seen games where like in the first half, like nine guys have five points. Yeah, nobody's you know. in double digits. Yeah, that was it's, uh, it's, last night's game. Right. It's it's a it's a very even distributed offensive load, and that's been pretty surprising to me. I don't know if you guys are in the same boat. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right there. And kind of to tie into that, why well, I, I guess there's multiple like other themes that kind of uh, kind of trickle down from that overall theme. Like we could talk about Shea, obviously. Um, that's something that Jacob mentioned last night and some of his tweets I thought was pretty spot on. But um, to me, that kind of goes to Dagnall's rotations also. Like we've talked about how those starters, now starting five it is pretty solid. Now, don't get me wrong, like them alone are not enough to get you to like even a playoff team or a play-in team. Um, but what I've noticed is kind of depending on the game, uh, Dagnall decides whether he wants to play those guys a little more, if he wants to mix in the starters a little more with the, these bench guys, the the tank lineups as we joke around and call them, um, or whether he wants those younger, like the youngest guys to go out there and, and get more minutes and experience. And, uh, you know, for example, that game against the Pelicans, I felt like there were times that was still within reach where Dagnall could have brought in some of those veterans or uh, Shea, Baisley, other guys uh, to, to help out with some of those just terrible lineups, but he didn't, almost like he didn't really care where last night it was a really competitive game the entire time so you saw him bring not really go with full bench lineups uh poku got less burn you saw guys like shay come back in play a lot more minutes dort etc um so dignal's rotations based off the game game to game has kind of been interesting for me to follow what about what about a guy like mike muscala coaches talked mm -hmm. about this a ton in in post game and practice availability um like, listen, Mike Muscala is not just a three-point shooter. He's been a good rebounder. He's a, they, you know, Al Horford and George Hiller always talked about the vets, you know, in the locker room on the floor. Coaches said that, you know, Muscala is another guy that takes, uh, shoulders a lot of that, that kind of leadership responsibility. And, you know, he's blocking shots. He's doing a ton of stuff. He's a guy that I think last season, when I thought Mike Muscala, I thought big man that can shoot threes. And this yep. season, like, he's taken a step. Like it's weird to see guys develop this late in their career, but I think he's taken a pretty big step from last year to this year so far. I've been impressed with Muscala's defense specifically. Okay, yeah, his rim um, protection. Very, very impressive uh, defense from him. And yeah, like you mentioned, kind of an all-around game, but he's still with that shooter. I think that's his defining characteristic in the league. But Nick, I want to circle the wagons real quick and go back to what you mentioned at the beginning, um, saying that, you know, we kind of, I, I think we're all on board with you. We thought Shea would average like 20 shots a game this season, uh, averaging 15.6 right now, field goal attempts per game. But when you break down his game logs, his first two games, 20 and 21 field goal attempts. After that, 10, 10, 17. Um, hmm. they, have, they have been low in the more recent games. And I've, Taylor's saying a little bit about this, but I, I've mentioned it on Twitter as well. If you watch, especially... Um, the past, what, three games, Orlando, uh, New Orleans, and then Orlando, and Orlando again. again. The, the defense that they're playing on him is a hard trap in that pick and roll to get the ball out of his hands. That's and, a good point. You know, I would like to see Shea more aggressive in trying to score the ball as well. But what's encouraging is you're seeing those hard traps. You're seeing the defense uh, come hard at him and send that double on that pick and roll. And he is swinging the ball quick. He's making the right basketball play every time down. And to me, what we're losing out on his field goal attempts and his scoring, he's making up for in his passes. Even though the assist numbers aren't crazy high, he's making some really high-level reads uh, that you want to see out of a guy that you're throwing in as your your starting point guard to see what he can do at that, at that role. And he's doing well at it so far, I think. I... Yeah. 
I think one thing of, of note, and this probably shouldn't be a surprise, but when Shay was asked a couple times this season, you know, what did you work on most this offseason? Like, what part of your game did you really want to get better at? He's talked a lot about, I knew I was going to be double teamed a lot this year. So a lot of the work I did in the offseason, you can see this in some of the workout videos that have been posted, is moves to get out of double teams, you know, getting trapped and getting out of traps and scoring, you know, with two guys guarding you and making that right decision. So that's super promising. I think it'll only get better. But when a guy has the kind of the no to realize that that's going to be happening a lot this year and he gets ahead of it and works on it, that's super promising with the like that's the IQ the that he has. Additional scoring will come. But right. Shea's also not a, a score first kind of guy to begin with. You know, not that he's scared to take a shot. I mean, we've seen some incredible isolation plays from him so far this season. But I think that's what makes him uh, so special and it's kind of a strength to his game. Uh, but it will be fun to watch him continue to grow and mature and, and get a little more confident, I think, on the offensive end in terms of his scoring um, and mixing that in a little more with some of that passing. Definitely. And what, one play in particular that I think really highlights kind of what we're all talking about here is was that fourth quarter last night against Orlando where Shea is at the top of the key dribbling, gets a screen from Al Horford, comes off the screen, the double hits him. But as soon as the second man, Al Horford's man, steps up in that screen, Horford slips, Shea drops that bounce pass between the two. Horford catches at the free throw line, pivots, hits a cutting baseline for a dunk. And Shea doesn't get any stats on that play. There is nothing in in the after-game stat sheet that shows that Shea made that play. But that play was made possible by Shea recognizing, reading, reacting, and throwing that pass to Horford, which then Aaron Gordon had to step over to guard Horford, which left Darius Baisley wide open. It's those types of plays, right, that you're really excited to see those types of things happen. Yeah, he could probably dribble the ball another 15 times, wait for the double team to, to fade away, and then drive to the rim and maybe get a layup. That's possible, but that type of play shows the basketball IQ, shows the growth to me. Uh, that's more impressive than than just you know jacking a, a long three and, and hitting it. Well, Darius Baisley, I'd like to talk about him while I'm while I'm saying this, Jacob. If you could pull up Stephen Adams' stats and Darius Baisley's stats, um, is it a hot take to think that Darius Baisley's 2020-21, so this season stats? when it comes to points and rebounds will be higher than Steven Adams last year in his final year with the thunder. So I want to say that is is an interesting question. Um, So here we go. Steve's stats last year, uh, 30 minutes per game. He had, Oh wait, that's this season. Last season, (sighs) 26.7 minutes per game. God, he didn't play much last season. Uh, 11 points, 10.9 points, 9.3 rebounds. Uh, Baisley, on the other hand, 11.2 points, 8.6 rebounds. You could be on to something, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's not to say that, that Darius Baisley is already more productive or a better player than Steven Adams was last season, um, but I think it shows a lot about his growth and what he's going to be able to do because he's yeah. still freaking young. I think that's the most yeah. impressive part. Like Something that I noticed last night is just his full skill set was on display, especially on the offensive end, but his defense mm-hmm. has been pretty solid this year also. But we saw him, you know, driving, <laughs> handling the ball, going coast to coast, and then also being, being able to kind of get his three-point shot going a little bit. Uh, just extremely versatile and the kind of player I think that Presti's really looking to build his team around when he's going through this rebuild. Um, so it's really fun seeing him mature and, and continue to gain confidence and uh, alongside and so, well, I guess and start to use his new size and strength to his advantage. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it there, Taylor. His whole offensive repertoire was on display last night that he had the three he was moving off ball on that cut from yeah. Al Horford for the dunk uh he had that really nice elevated mid-range J from like the free throw line that he hit that's um, true it's taking some pull you know, he had a couple of pick and roll passes uh we we talked a lot about his finishing at the rim he's getting better at that he his go-to move is is the spin move that's going to be on the stat sheet on the on the stat sheet like, but yeah. on the, uh, the scouting report real yep. soon one thing that he still struggles with is when he drives, he takes a few dribbles, picks up his dribble. He still keeps the ball low, like belly button range, instead of getting it up high. Uh, and you see guys like dig in and, and dig that ball out sometimes. That'll come yep. with time and with with development. I mentioned this. I think Nick mentioned this uh, from the, the uncontested account last night, and I tweeted something similar. 24th pick in the draft, Thunder gave up the chance to draft Brandon Clark 
to get Darius like Baisley. Last year, we were la- last year I feel like a lot of people shit on me for saying that Baisley was the better pick. I still think the verdict's out there. These kids are only sophomores. Yep. They're second-year players. But again, Baisley's four years younger than Brandon Clark, and we're seeing the growth from Baisley. Uh, Brandon Clark's still good, although We've I don't seen know what regression. We've seen regression from Brandon <laughs> yeah. Clark this season. That jumper's weird. Yeah. Really they might weird. have another Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were hanging out this summer or something. So, Crazy. Uh, our, our co-host Komiar is in the chat because he is not podcasting tonight. But he's just watching his podcast. He says, Baze is doing all the small things well, dribbling, running the offense. He's going to be, is he going to be as good as Siakam? What is his comp? What would you guys comp Darius Baisley to? I was this, trying to think about this yesterday. This is going to be a hot one. And I think it's weird to think about now. And it's weird to think about because you guys know, I think Baze is going to be a small forward when it's all said and done. But if he puts on some size, his game reminds me a lot. And especially with his increased rebounding, Chris Bosch. Yeah. I remember you saying that before. That's not interesting. I kind of like that. Um, I, I always liked John Ham's comparison a while back of <clears throat> Lamar Odom. I didn't come up with that one. That was the first one that came to my head because I remembered it. <laughs> um, I thought that one was pretty good. And I'm trying to think. I I, I'm on record of saying Portland era, Nick Batum, maybe Portland yeah. era, Nick Batum. Uh, but more of a score first instead of pass first kind of guy. Uh, so, so maybe something around there I think would uh, would be realistic for him. Uh, our guy Manu says good afternoon from New Zealand. New What's Zealand, New Zealand man. How was uh, how was Middle Earth? Jealous, <laughs> low key jealous. Um, any other thoughts, reactions, surprises, disappointments from I the think- beginning of the season? Two more, I guess, surprises. I, overall, it's pretty optimistic. Um, I think we kind of expected to lose a majority of these games, but uh, Teo and Lou Dort. Teo. <laughs> Teo. He just seems so poised. Uh, who was it? Mike Schmidt from ESPN even tweeted something out again mm-hmm. today talking about how uh, Teo is, seems to be the steal that, that he projected he was going to be. But no, because he took him as low as they did. And Jumper uh, looks smooth. Just the IQ, yep. the confidence. Jumper looks smooth. The the reads, the the reads, especially out of the pick and roll, very he high had like level. Like a one handed like cross uh, cross court pass last yeah, night. off the dribble. I think it was oh. lefty too. Yeah, it's impressive. So very impressive. Yeah. One guy on the flip, a little bit disappointing. Um, I think it's because he's adjusting to a new role in which he's being asked to be a primary ball handler. But Hamadou Diallo. Like you got to love the fact that he's a ball hawk and he's always going as hard as he can. hundred percent of the time, dude, sometimes it's just like, he's got tunnel vision, you know, I just doesn't see the floor at all. Tommy just shot a fadeaway 20 footer. Problem is the basket was only 15 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, five feet over the the basket. Yeah. He gets tunnel vision. To me, I get the sense that whenever he's out there with that all bench lineup, he gets the feeling like he's the best player on the court and everything has to run through him, um, which is not good. Yeah. Right. Like he can dribble the ball. There was a a play in like, I think it was maybe the first quarter last night where he he got a rebound, dribbled the ball up, never passed, and shot like a, a off the dribble mid range pull up with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. And I was just like, man, that's. For a team that constantly is hunting the best shot on the court, Tommy comes in and that go. I mean, if somebody's got to drive the tank, right? Somebody is behind the will of the tank, and that guy, I think, <laughs> Tommy, the tank commander. There's got to be something though in practice that he's showing because Presti, Dagnall, everybody is always so complimentary of him. Like without they like uns- unsolicited positivity. Like it's not like someone's asking it's about Hami. It's like they bring him up. So I don't know if there's something in practice. He's just trying to translate it to the court, but like they're so high on him. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he is a freak athlete. He it's impressive that he can shoot so many shots, miss them, and then go get them and score <laughs> go again. Go get his rebound the right after. Stat- Dude, thing I, happen. I wanted that to be my kind of my worldwide wob type thing this season is the uh, Hamadou Diallo tip back meter on his own misses <laughs> because, dude, I swear. It's like a blink of an eye. Twice a game, it's like a missed shot and he goes up and he just does this little tap and it goes in. Yeah, his, <laughs> his ability to like the second jump for Hami is insane. Like yes. I've always said the NBA has the top 1% uh, athletic humans in the world in it. And Hamadou Diallo is the top 1% of the NBA. Yep. No question. <laughs> he is, Crazy. I mean, 
Can we name five players more athletic than Hamadou Diallo in the NBA right now? Ooh. Probably could, but it would take some thinking. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like he's, and how many players are in the NBA? Right. 30 times 15. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I, I teach history, not math. So I'm not doing that right now, but that's a lot of people for Hamadou to, to be close to a thousand, I, I believe, isn't it? I think we'd all say he's a top 10 athlete in the league, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Definitely. Just <laughs> very bottom of the list when it comes to basketball IQ. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's get this question from our guy Manu's in here real quick. Uh, he says, you said that Shea was the only non-tradable on the roster. Has Bayes moved closer to that category? Obviously, Presti will trade anyone for the right price. Surely, Bayes' asking price is going up. So let's 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 twist the question to make it a little more simple. Who's the second least tradable player on this roster? You think it's Bayes? Least or least likely to be traded, or least, like most untradable besides Shea. Yeah, um, I mean Horford because of his contract, but in terms of like who Presley wants to keep, right, 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 right exactly. Is it crazy to oh. me to say number two is between Baisley and Poku? Is that I, I, crazy? Speaking of Poku, every time the name Poku is said on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Alexej Pokasovetsky. Alexej Pokasovetsky. Shaq is something else. Shaq and Taylor should hang out more often. <laughs> Alexej Pokasovetsky. Or his Achilles. Um, I kind of I think it's Baisley and Poku. Could be. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't think. It's great I don't, analysis, guys. I appreciate that. No, no. It's, it's, I, I. I don't think. I don't think. Maybe in Sam Presti's eyes, it's it's close between those two. But I think to other teams, yeah, they aren't as high on Poku. The other twenty nine would want Baisley over Poku. The, there is the yeah. intri- still the intrigue of Poku though. Sure, and I get that. Yeah. Apparently, the dude got his bell rung today too. He did. <laughs> he got sneak. hit. He get his head ran into a knee. I don't know how yeah. that happens, but it did. Uh, that happened to Shea in the game last night too. That is true. So that's true. All right, guys. Well, let's move on uh, to my new favorite segment of the (laughs) weekly episode, the tank meter. I want you to imagine that the OKC tank is like your gas tank on your car. It's got full empty and it's got everything in between. (laughs) If you had to rank rank or rate the OKC tank so far, is it at full empty halfway quarter? You run it on fumes. <laughs> Where is it at? I'll go 80% full. I Okay. Tell it's hard why. it's hard to say it's completely full. That would mean everything's going perfect with the tank. Um I, I still think the rotation, maybe this will change with time. I still think the rotations need to be tweaked a little bit. I still think that um Again, Shea needs to be more aggressive. I think that although they're two of five right now on wins, you know, if that continues, you're looking at like winning 20 games and losing 50 or so. Is that high enough to get the top pick if you really want it? I don't know. So maybe lose more games. I don't know. Two out of five. If that went on all season, would you guys be okay with that? Or would you consider that a failure? You mentioned this on your post game, Nick. That seems pretty okay to me. Like you're not losing enough games. If you win one out of every four, one out of every, every two out of every five, that's um, the team still feels like they're being somewhat competitive. Uh, It keeps morale high, right? but it's still bottoming out to get a good pick. Um, I mean, personally, I'd like to lose more games and and go get Cade or or Jalen or Evan or whoever you can get. But that, that seems pretty, pretty realistic does it not sure yeah it does i think that is pretty realistic you know i was gonna say that i think the tank right now in terms of like you guys said a a full tank being the tank is full on and you know we're the last team in the league i'd probably put it like three fourths right now and one thing i was thinking about last night and i kind of mentioned the rotations you know like the pelicans game we saw more of the tank rotations (laughs) the the full bench lineups that really kind of set the team back enough where there's no way you're coming back from that um, but at the same time, you still have guys like Al Horford and George Hill um, that are that keep the team competitive, especially like, like we saw last night against teams like Charlotte Hornets and some of the close games to start the season. And I, but when you have that full bench lineup in, 
you know, this season we still want to see Shea, Baisley, and Dort continue to progress. It's not going to do them well to be out, you know, be sitting on the bench half the game all season. And then, okay, and, you know, move on to the next season and we'll play you 40 minutes or, you know, whatever. Just all that to say, I think you're going to have to trade Horford and Hill to get that perfect balance where you can still play Shea, Baisley, Dort, see those guys continue to develop, mix in those other young guys off the bench. You're, you know, you're staying competitive. They're trying to win games, but they're losing them automatically, basically, because they don't have enough talent around them compared to now where they still can pull off some of these wins. So I think until you're able to trade away some of those veterans, um, until that time comes, we probably won't see the full tank. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Um, just for reference, one thing that I think is good so far for Oklahoma city with the tank is other teams that we thought would be tanking. Again, this is very small sample size. We haven't played a lot of basketball, but Cleveland four and two, uh, New York three and three, um, you know, a, a, a team like Orlando four and two, um, now then you have Detroit who's really bottoming out, but we, we expect Toronto and Washington to really make playoff pushes. Presumably, uh, we yep. expect Charlotte who just spent, um, you know, an unspeakable amount of money for Gordon freaking Hayward, uh, to want to make a push for the playoffs, Memphis, Denver. Uh, those are the teams that OKC is around right now. Those are teams that want to trend upwards and the Thunder are a team that wants to trend downwards. So I, I think in that aspect, that's a good sign so far. Now, is Cleveland going to keep that pace? Hell no, right? Um, are, are other teams that are bottom feeders going to keep that pace? Hell no. They're going to get down there in those bottom tier uh, levels. But as of right now, that is, I think that's a good sign for the tank, right? That, that moves the meter closer to full than empty to know that the Thunder are kind of doing what they're supposed to do, but at the same time, these other teams are outperforming what they're supposed to do. So, so far that's a good sign. Yep. If it, if it continues, we'll see. There's, there's a couple, I don't know. So, so here's a question for you guys. You've got, we'll just throw Orlando. We'll throw Cleveland. We'll throw New York and we'll throw, um, who's another team that's that's surprisingly good. Do you think the Spurs have been okay this year? Um, (laughs) out out of those four or five teams, who do you think is the biggest fluke? Say the same again, Orlando, Cleveland, New York, San Antonio, Sacramento, Cleveland. Easy. I was think so, dude. I mean, Sexton and and Garland. Sexton and Garland have been awesome. Kevin Love's out, and they're still winning games. Um, Drummond is a is a rebounding machine. Um, You've also got Isaac Okoro, who hadn't played much. I think he's going to be a big boost for them too. I mean, they've they've got guys coming back, and they're already playing well. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be as bad as Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. uh, No, I'm with you. I, I I would still go Cleveland. Um, I think New York is they look okay. S- yeah, <laughs> with their with their vets, they're okay. That's yeah. Uh, Sacramento until they trade, away, trade away their vets. Sacramento has been okay. Um, yeah, put me firmly on the Tyrese Halliburton bandwagon. Yeah, no kidding. Sign me up. Get awesome. me a spot on the bus. Hopefully, I'm ready. That injury, wrist injury, or something. It seems like it's pretty minor, but yeah, he's uh. Hey, speaking of the Sacramento Kings, we'll talk about them in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Marvin Bagley the third. That's right. Such a Pop, weird deal. That Pops is a weird ain't deal. too happy. <laughs> Get Pops my man's out of too yeah. happy. Uh, All right, guys. Well, um, let's preview this upcoming week. The Thunder have four games. They're going to play every other night this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. We will go live uh, next Sunday at 9 p.m. Central Time, shortly after that final game. But tomorrow, Monday night, the, they play the Miami Heat. Next Wednesday, they have a rematch with the New Orleans Pelicans. Next Friday, they are up to take on the team we were just talking about, the New York Knicks. And then Sunday, uh, they will stay up in New York and play the Brooklyn Nets. I want to know, what are you guys looking for just as far as play? In these next four games, or is there anything specific you want to see happen with this team? And then what is your prediction on those four games? What What's the record prediction? I'm going to go one for three or one and three on the, the four game stretch here. Who's um, the win? They're all on the road. Yes. Yep. Yes. All Every on single one of them on the road. New York. Yeah. Um, uh, things that I would like to see just 
keep giving Poku burn. The worst thing that can happen right now is it's concussed. He, he ain't gonna play. I know, but he, he'll, he'll be back on this four game road trip. Give him burn. I think the last thing you want to do for Poku is is kill his confidence by cutting his minutes as the season goes on. I'd like to, to be see fair, his... Nick. I don't think you can kill that kid's confidence. <laughs> I don't know, man. He he. Have you seen him on the bench? Sometimes he, he like stomps his feet and throws yeah. cups. Like he's yeah. he is a very angry fella. He's used to being the guy it. in a. I love it. League. But I, I'd like to see when you know when he comes back. It shouldn't be more than three four days at most, I would think. But um, just give him burn. Let him keep going. Let it. Let him figure out his jump shot. If you got to reconfigure it, reconfigure it. Whatever. Just let him guard Kevin burn. Durant next Sunday. Just throw him out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, very good so one and three uh you want to see poku get burned taylor i've got the same exact thing i was going to say the knicks just because i think after losses to miami and the pelicans uh, we've already have seen this core group of guys you know they they understand the situation but they don't necessarily want to lose <laughs> they aren't having fun losing um and so i think they're going to come out against the knicks and, and play a pretty solid game and uh, we'll probably see them get that one i think uh, one of the things that stood out to me that i'd like to see a little more of is uh Tao's minutes with the starters we saw Dagnall kind of re- reward him with that yesterday, um, getting to play, I think, with everybody except um, George Hill at one point. And uh, I think it'd be, it, it really opens up his game more when he's playing alongside Shea, another playmaker who we talked a lot about early on in the podcast. It opens up more opportunities for Teo. Um, so he can still be that primary ball handler in the second unit. But you can also kind of bring him in um, and in a role similar to the three-point guard lineup as last year, um, although it won't be <laughs> relied on nearly as as heavily as it was last year. But um, all of the sad, I see Teo get a little more action with the starters. I've got a question. So upcoming four-game stretch has no back-to-backs. That in mind, coaches mentioned guys like George Hill and Al Horford are on um, – kind of rest plan similar to what Chris Paul did last year. They really value that in player health and, and longevity and all that kind of stuff. And this four game stretch, no back to backs. Do we see any of these guys rest? I'm gonna I was thinking no. about that too. I think we maybe might see less, maybe less minutes, but I don't think yeah. they'll, they'll take a game off. That's fair. I was going to say, I could see Hortford or Hill taking one game off. I think it's, I think it's pretty clear that on second night of back to backs, or maybe the first night in some cases, those guys are going to rest. Al and George, I'm curious to see on stretches like this, you know, because it's kind of setting the framework on what we can probably expect the rest of the season. Right. Once mm-hmm. they're gone, it's a good point. Anyway, we haven't even mentioned Isaiah Roby with everything else going on. Um, yeah, it seems like <laughs> like maybe we can coin him Isaiah Roby, king of the second night of a back-to-back, because those are going to be the nights that he gets all the burn. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Put him in and start. I think I'm going to join you guys at one and three. That feels like a good number, right? I don't know which team it's going to be. If, if I have to pick one, um, I don't know. Give me new Orleans. They got yep. their asses beat by new Orleans. They're going to come out and remember that because it's so recent and, and want to get a little bit of revenge. I think is new Orleans, uh, allowing fans. Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'm yeah, not I sure. Know. I love that. Uh, uh, Chris Fisher oh. last night on the broadcast said, um, cause Orlando allowed fans in said the thunder trying to shut this crowd up. And I was like, what? Like all five of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, uh... cool, man. Um, so I'm going to say new Orleans. Um, and the thing that I want to see the most, uh, this next week, um, I don't want to go with, with something with Shay because that's, you know, that, that just too mainstream. Uh, you guys took Teo and Poku. So I'm going to go with, my man, the Lu Tang clan, Lou Dort. There we go. I want to see him keep that aggressive offensive game. He's going to have his chance to Great. guard some good offensive players this week. Starting tomorrow, he probably gets the Jimmy Butler matchup. And then Wednesday against New Orleans, he's going to get uh, Ingram. Brandon Ingram again, which is an interesting matchup for him. He's going to go up to New York. And I don't know who the hell he's going to guard on and on that next team. Probably R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, yeah. Yeah, he'll get R.J. Barrett. And then... Sunday in Brooklyn, he's getting Kyrie, right? Yep. So he's going to have his hands full with the defensive assignment every Basically game this week. KD. I want to see Dort continue that offensive aggression, though. Shoot the ball when you catch it. That little like baseline, like subtle Euro reverse that he had off the glass in the first quarter last night. That was sick. That's sick. That's sick. He's learning to use his body more whenever he drives to the hoop. Uh, I want to see him continue to be aggressive. My man shooting 44% from three on like six attempts a game. Let's keep that up. I like it. Speaking of uh, hot shooting, Steph Curry, 
first 50 point game in the NBA this season. Mark Stein just tweeted. Oh, he had 31 and a half. Nice. It was wild. Oh, wow. Levine, Levine uh, might join him. Portland. Portland uh, I don't, I don't know if it's the second night of back to back, but it was back to back. Uh, it's like a mini series. They played Portland twice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach Levine only had 39. One, one final thunder thought here. I want to hear you guys' opinions on this. Um, there's a couple of guys this season that we haven't seen or haven't seen much of. Um, I'm going to kick out Darius Miller because I don't think he'll be the answer to this question. But out of Ty Jerome, uh, Josh Hall, and Moses Malone, which one of those three are you most excited to see you get real minutes this season? That's really tough. I'm going to go with Ty Jerome because he was a first-round pick. I want to see, uh, is he a guy that has a future in the league or not? That's kind of what I'm looking forward to most this season. But I think overall, I'm more excited about the prospect that Josh Hall potentially is coming out God, of prep that school guy is so long, long and lanky. Um, he can handle the ball. He can, he's another versatile project in the making. I think he could be one of those that, that does turn out to be something fun. I, um, I think I'm Josh Hall and this may not be what you guys want to hear, but I mean, not that these people can see the future either, but from talking to multiple sons, people around the league that cover the Suns, yep. they say that Ty Jerome, like his issue isn't shooting. It isn't really anything like, like, skill set wise it's just that he's so dang slow like he cannot keep up with the pace of the nba game and i don't know if you can fix that so yeah um nick did you say moses again did (laughs) i probably i'm sure i did (laughs) somebody uh, matt clarkson in the comments said uh, (laughs) i wish we had moses (laughs) i I tweeted that i tweeted that out earlier this (laughs) week Oh man, uh, Taylor Taylor says names wrong. I I say the wrong name. So <laughs> put us together. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, before we move on to, the, to around the association, let's take a quick moment and tell our listeners about uh, our ad for the week. Hey everyone, we want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, question and answers from Blue Wire's top podcasters, so obviously us here at the Uncontested, and access to our community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. And we, we've seen all right, there's quite a few people who have signed up, so be sure to get on this. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash slash join. All right, gentlemen, it is time, that time of the week, to go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. Best sounder on the pod. I don't know. Alexi Pokashevsky might be the new best sounder on the pod. Uh, it's really good. good. Yeah. Alexej Pokashevsky. That's so good. <laughs> All right. Um, so I made a, a, a new type of game for us for around the association this week called Factor Fiction. Um, but because of popular demand, <laughs> we are now going to call it Cap or No Cap. <laughs> for, those of, for, the, for those of you who are old and don't work in a high school like me, uh, cap or no cap is um, you say cap if you think they're uh, they're lying, and no cap if it's true. So cap would be fiction. No cap is uh, uh, fact. So I'm going to go back and forth between you two. I'm going to give you a statement. You tell me uh, fact or fiction, cap or no cap. Perfect. Sound good? Perfect. Either. We will start with Taylor. Ooh. Fact or fiction, the Wizards are going to be a bottom five team in the NBA this season. Currently, the Wizards have 
the third worst record in the league at two and five. They're only better than Detroit and Toronto. Ooh, yeah, no, they, they've had a rough start. And uh, after the first game, it looked like Russ and Bill were working together great. And since then, not so much. You have, you know, Russ obviously sitting out on second nights of back-to-back games. And uh, Scott Brooks has seemed to really struggle with the rotation so far. There's been a lot of clamoring on Twitter. And even just watching the games, you can see it as well. I don't know if he's done a great job of managing all of that. But with that being said, they're talented. I think they, they are talented enough to get there, uh, to get out of the, of the bottom five of the East. Uh, Thomas Bryant really has seemed to take a big step this season. Plus, Rui's finally healthy, and I think Denny's just going to continue to improve. Bertans is still getting hey, back. Into my the swing. God, yeah, your God. Uh, Bertans is still getting back into the swing of things. So, all that being said, I, I, I think that's fiction. Uh, no cap. I think you, they you are. Said, oh yeah, I mean cap. <laughs> you said bottom five of the NBA or in the East? In the NBA. Oh, oh, easy. In the NBA, yeah. <laughs> I was going to okay. say not even in the East. <laughs> let, let, let me throw an additional cap or no cap in here. Scott Brooks gets fired. Cap or no cap? I'm going no cap. I think that's a possibility. No Whoa. cap. But Russ does really love Scotty. But Russ gets sick of things pretty quick whenever they, whenever they go True. bad. When they're, yeah, when they're winning. That's huh. an interesting one. That is. That's I tough. Think, I think he might be the most likely fired coach in the NBA right now. I think preseason he had the highest odds yeah. on like the betting sites. <laughs> Poor Scotty. Can you imagine like people betting <laughs> on if you are going to lose your job or not? Like how shitty and is that, man? That sucks. <laughs> man, if I found out someone was making a bet on me losing my job, I'd fist fight him. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, All right, Nick, you are up. Fact or fiction, cap or no cap, the Phoenix Suns are going to end up with home court advantage in the Western Conference playoffs, a.k.a. they will be a top four seed in the West. Cap, cap. quit capping me. Um, I, I don't <laughs> think, I think they'll be right below, like five, six. I'm not saying I'd be shocked if they were top four, um, if they were the three or the four. I don't see them being one or two. I think they're one right now. But um, I think their kind of range is, is seven to four. Four, so taking my odds here um, outside of the top four, they will not be getting home court advantage. Interesting. Okay, unfortunately, they, they are number one in the West right now. They have been yeah. impressive. Yep. I just I, I have to agree with Nick because I'm going back to my preseason pr- predictions, and I don't want to be the guy that just bails on all of that after five games, six games. And so um, the Suns are really, really good. And I think Chris is going to have them in the exact same spot that he had OKC last season um, where they're, they're right there. It's going to come down to the last couple of regular season games in terms of where they end up in the West in terms of home court, you know, in the, in the top four seeds or right outside of it at five or six, I'm still going that they're going to miss it just because I think some of these teams are going to, to kind of stabilize and get it going. And you have to remember too, this is something I noticed and I, I wanted to mention it here in the podcast, not to take us completely off topic, but um, you know, we mentioned the shortened off season and how a lot of players, particularly the ones who went deep into the playoffs, weren't super excited about them. I think we're kind of seeing some of these superstars easing their their ways back into the season and into this season as well, um, and kind of use this not so much as a preseason, but almost like a I don't know. It, it's a strange, strange kind of in between. But um, all that to say, I think we're going to see some of these guys really get it together. Some of these teams really start to click, and when it's all said and done, I think the Suns are going to fall right outside that top four. Nice. Well, you talked about staying strong with your preseason bets and predictions. All I got to say is I doubled down from last season and I said, Philadelphia. You did double down. Make the Eastern Conference Finals. You want to know who has the best record in the NBA right now? Philadelphia. Ooh, I'm Philly right on. Either. I'm right on. Going straight here, baby. Love Shout it. out Shake Milton. That's right. Hey, maybe uh, very maybe. Maybe Philly ends up being real good, and uh, they need some veteran presence to uh, to help them come playoff time. And we'll trade them on They want to. They want a <laughs> George Hill for a uh, for a Matisse Tybal or something like. Hey, Presti and uh, and Maury, they they talk often. They I'm have sure. some history, man. They definitely have some history. Taylor, you get the next one. Fact or fiction? Cap or this no cap? Fun. Steph Curry can't can't c a n t. The T on the end is important. Can't be a solo star, a la Harden, LeBron, etc. I'm going cap. I think he can be. Um, 
And I think the the example, and this is such a worn out comparison that's made way too often. I understand that, but you do have to look at a player like Trey Young, what he's doing this season in Atlanta. And I don't think Trey's really, or sorry, Steph has ever really been. I mean, last season, yes, but you still had those like the Draymonds and the the Clays on on the roster, um, and just the you know, basically the other guys who had to fill in because of uh, injuries. Where Atlanta, you know, they were able to bring in guys and kind of build a team around Trey. He doesn't necessarily have another superstar around him right now. I think if you throw Steph on a team like the Hawks, for example, he's going to be the sole superstar, right? And he's still gonna, he, they're going to be a top four seed in the East. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, I just don't think he's really gotten to show that in golden state just with their roster construction. Also, they spent all that money at Kevin Durant, you know, we, we all know how that went, came together. And so that what we saw last thing was kind was kind of the fallout of all of that, especially once Kevin Durant left. Now I think they're kind of having to, to rebuild on the fly around Steph and what they were hoping was going to be Clay and Draymond, now just Steph and Draymond. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that and how they kind of replenish the talent. Now, I know yeah. you can say that their starting five right now is pretty solid when Draymond's in there, um, but still, uh, that depth isn't isn't quite there like it is in Atlanta. So I, I think he can be, but it, just like every superstar, it has to be the right situation. I think he can be as well. You got to, I mean, Draymond has not played this year. Um, James Wiseman is your rookie, as good as he is. Like, True. he's your maybe second best player this season so far. That's not um, false, yeah. um, and then on the flip side of things like Ubre has been horrible. Wiggins has not been great. If those guys are average or like middle of the road of what they could be and not absolutely dumpster fire level this season, like they're going to win games. Like it, he's yeah. had a horrific surround like, supporting cast to this point. Like I just dropped 50. Hey, we need him to win games. The Thunder only we get do. that pick if it falls 21 through 30. So, career high State. 55 points and counting right on cue. There you go. Very good. Uh, Nick, fact or fiction, cap or no cap? Our guy, Lou Dort, is a shooter. He's currently shooting 44% on 5.4 threes per game. I mean, anyone can be a shooter. I'm a shooter. <laughs> Doesn't mean I shoot it well. Um, shooter, shoot. That's the they most they energy I have shoot. ever felt in my life. That is straight out of the playbook of Dion Waiters. It's respect. not shooters make. It's shooter shoot. Right. Um, but if the question's like, is Lou Dort a good shooter? Um, is, is his shot for real? How about that? Lou Dort's shot is real. Cap or no cap? I think it's real in the fact that you can't play off him like you did in the Houston series. Like he's respectable now. Do I think he's a 45% three point shooter? God, no. So somewhere <laughs> hey, in the middle, the, the, the sample size is very small. You and I had this discussion on Twitter last night. You know, at what point does the sample size get big enough to where, um, we can actually extrapolate something from it. Um, actually, Nick, well, you mentioned the, the tweet that you put out today after talking to, to coach. Yeah. So, this was not me asking the question, but he was basically asked not, not just about Lou, but you know, with the small sample size, at what point do you guys look at something and say like, this needs to be tweaked. Like we we've seen it enough that we know it needs to be tweaked. Um, coach mentioned that after every game, the morning after they work with a data analytics company that basically just presents them like interesting tidbits of statistics and, and things worth looking at. And they're helping them kind of determine what is a, a, enough of a sample size. Um, how long does something have to be to be sustainable enough to take action on it? Um, so that's super cool. I mean, I'm sure Oklahoma city is not the only team that does that, but I'm curious, you know, at what point coach Dagnall would say this is sustainable for Lou and Jacob, your 20 games. I think that's pretty dang spot on. Yeah. Yeah. 20 games that's is solid sample size, you know, uh, a, a little more than 25% of the season, right. right. For this season, I think about 25% is good. It's hard to say though, because I mean, year two of Terrence Ferguson, he shot like 39% from three. Point. You know, and we thought that was a good sample size. And it turns out Terrence Ferguson's probably not going to be in the league next year, mm -hmm. you know? So trying to read that stuff again, these things aren't linear. They're up and down, but the trajectory currently of Lou Dort and his jump shot is promising. Well, I, I also I think... love, I was just gonna say my man is 100% analytics on offense. It's a three or it's at the rim. 
Yeah, that's right. Through all that mid-range bullshit. It's a three or it's at the rim. That's kind of what I was going to mention. It's just like, even if he's not hitting his three, he's doing a lot more from what I've seen this season, from cutting, moving off ball and to penetrating and finding uh, open open, uh, teammates and making the correct play there and not just forcing shots at the rim. I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do. So if he's just, you know, hitting shots at a respectable or outside shots at a respectable rate, it's going to open up the game for everybody, Um, including himself. He continues to drive and create for others. I love it. All right, Taylor. Next one is yours. Factor fiction cap or no cap. Marvin Bagley the third wants out of Sacramento. Not his dad wants him out. No cap. He wants out. Do you think no he cap. wants out? It's legit. It is legit. Dad doesn't go on twitter.com and say, look, get get my son the hell out of here. If him and his son have not had some conversations about can you believe how awful this organization is? He wants out of there. He's not going to say it, but if his dad's saying it, if he's it's getting on Twitter about calling him, right? That's right. That's right. Coach Bagley I, or something like that. Uh, can we really extrapolate stuff that NBA dads say after <laughs> we've had the Ball Brothers? Yep, right. No kidding. Exactly. No kidding. And his dad has like seventy-eight thousand followers or something. Did you guys that's see that? Wild. No. That's impressive. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty big argument about this last year. I don't know if it was live on the air, if it was on Slack, but I want to bring it back up. <laughs> Let's do it. Would you trade straight up? And, and this is on Twitter. We did a poll and oh, everyone freaked yeah. out. And Would you trade so Darius mad. Baisley for Marvin Bagley? Straight oh. up. Oh, I'm it's so hard. It's such a hard answer. We should put that <laughs> poll back on fans, Kings fans, we, we should go find it and quote. Oh, yeah. Kings fans got pissed. We pissed everyone off, man, with that one. Um, our, our boy Matt Clarkson uh, says, what draft pick would you give up for Marvin Bagley the third? Sean says the Thunder should trade for him. Let, let's just get off on a tangent for a second. What What is your limit? What are you giving up to get Marvin Bagley if – the Kings are like, okay, we'll listen. I'd, what, what are you trading? I'd give up Poku. I would. Um, what if they ask for Poku, Poku and a Houston pick? Ooh, I'd, no. I'd probably, I'd probably do it. I mean, think, just think oh, about think this. Think about, think about this. You, you could potentially roll out a, a roster next season of Shea, Cade Cunningham, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, and Marvin Bagley the third. Like you've already good. got your core five. You know, yeah. you and still need insane. that star, but that's... Hey, I'm just, I'm just saying Marvin Bagley fits that mold of high lottery pick. Hasn't panned out at his first spot. Unhappy. The team wants to move off the new ownership or not new mm. ownership, a new front office in right. Sacramento, right? Making new decisions. Uh, obviously made the decision not to, uh, match the offer sheet of Bogdan, son of Bogdan, first of his name. Uh, that That's my Harry name for, for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, let Harry Giles walk. This new front office is not married to the decisions of the Vlade regime. Steph update, 62. Continues. <laughs> is that half the points for the team? Uh, probably. I think it was like 100, um, 135. So yeah, what almost. Is- Jeez. Nick, Nick, what if it's Poku and the Thunder's own first no. in 2022? No, I don't think I'd do it either. That's territory we're not we're not touching. Yeah, um, I'll, trade, I'll, trade, I'll trade the picks we got in trades. Yeah, but the only picks you can control where they land are your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Thunder are interested in trading their own picks unless it's moving up. And then you look back at the Presti trade tree, and what would it be like if you circle That's back crazy. to the Ricky Rubio trade <laughs> to get 17? You'd probably look back and be like. You know what? That was a great trade. Even if you yeah, give up a first round. Exactly. I was flirting That's with this true. idea. We're getting way off on a tangent here and getting away from cap or no cap. But I was flirting with the idea because after like four games in the league, which again, sample size be damned, right? Uh, Tankathon had the Thunder drafting third and getting the Houston pick, which was eighth. And I thought, what if you could get three? Like the Thunder pick third. That Houston pick is eighth. Would you trade that Houston pick? Plus your own pick in 2022 to jump up from eight to five. And nope. with, with three and five, you get Kaminga and Jalen Suggs. Yeah. And, or uh, Suggs will probably be. They're like Suggs might go number two. If Suggs goes number two, you get Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. That's, yeah. yeah. That'd be insane. I think that is I'd insane. do it. This is, 
if there was a draft to give up assets to get a second top five pick, I think this, this is, is where you do it. Yeah. But I also think other, other teams know that too. Right. Oh yeah. The asking price is going to be high. But then I think about, cause I was thinking like, what's the precedence for that? Right. Well, Philly traded a th- uh, number three and their own future first to move to one, right. To get Markel Fultz instead of Jason nice. Tatum. Nice. What, what a monumental <laughs> F up. Um, Dallas oh. traded five and their own first to Cam move Reddish. up to three to get um, Luca uh, to get Luca, right? The precedent is kind of there. You trade your own first plus your pick to move up one or two spots. Yep, it's a good point. Twenty twenty one might be different. We don't know, right? It depends how teams value the draft. But well, and I also read um, uh, Jonathan Wasserman uh, Bleacher Report. He was talking about how a lot of, a lot of sc- scouts are uh, a little frustrated this year because of the limited uh, accessibility of some of these players. You know, you get especially to watch those G League kids. It's, it's yeah. so different, especially the G League kids. So you could see some. I mean, it, it, there's still going to be a lot up in the air this year. Um, he also because- mentioned Jalen Suggs and play for number one. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's it's no be cap. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Cade because yeah. the size. I think the size just matters so much to so many teams. But Jalen Suggs. Is- Kate is maybe the least aggressive best player in the country I've ever seen. <laughs> He's not very flashy. He passive. He's Suggs not flashy. very flashy. Cunningham goes, Cunningham goes 15 minutes. Sometimes we've I mean, seen it multiple times here. 15 minutes without shooting mm-hmm. in, in a 40 minute game. That's weird. Yeah. They'll just take over when he wants to. Yeah. He had like, <laughs> he had like 13 points in like a minute, 12, one game yeah, to, to win. And then Suggs is putting up like that's 30 plus. Shit, man. Yeah. All right. Nick, you got the last one. Factor fiction, cap or no cap. James Harden gets traded by the deadline. We had put these superficial um, deadlines. We said, is he going to get traded by Christmas? Is he going to get traded by New Year's? I'm putting the deadline. Those things have come and gone. I'm putting the deadline now at the trade deadline. The, the cutoff is at the trade deadline because if he gets traded at the trade deadline, that means he's gone this season. If he does not get traded by the deadline, that means he is playing the season out with Houston. So essentially, cap or no cap, Harden finishes the season in Houston. Um, I was the one that said he'd be traded by Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to take a complete, I said new year. So it's all right. I'm going to take a complete 180 and say that he does not get traded. I have a feeling like John Wall's playing awesome. Christian Wood looks amazing. Boogie cousins and, and like small sample size has looked solid. Jay Sean Tate. Okay. Some of these, some of these guys are like good. I'm not saying James Harden, sits there and says, I want to be in Houston for the rest of my contract. But I think this team's good enough, A, that, that he's happy there, and B, I think Brooklyn's off the table with the Dinwiddie injury. I think that completely blows up their trade package for Harden. Um, I think Philly playing well kind of takes them off the table. Milwaukee's yeah. hitting all these threes. Like, maybe they don't need it to make a big move for Harden and want to keep their depth. Like, if, if everything stays constant as it is right now in, in, a, in a vacuum, I think it makes most sense for him to stay. I agree. I, I, the only thing I found interesting is that we had an, uh, a report from the athletic. I think it was Sam Amick. And then um, another one by Brian uh, Windhorse um, from ESPN, both like putting out the, I don't know. I, I can't tell if they're just trying to stir something up because they, they want to, or if they were, you know, were being pressed by somebody who, who wants that story out there, but both talking about the, the probability of a hardened trade coming together with some of these teams, off to slow starts who who are close to competing but aren't at the top of either of their conferences. Um, guys, uh, teams like the Denver Nuggets or the Toronto Raptors uh, making a push for James Harden signing to go ahead and go all in. But it doesn't really make sense to, to Nick's point. Like, I mean, we we saw Murray get it together tonight. He had 30 plus tonight. And just, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening either. And uh, I said before the season that he wasn't going to get traded. So I'm going to say he doesn't get traded until next summer. Not to mention for the Raptors, like if Siakam's your trade chip, He's looked horrible this year. He looked horrible in the playoffs. Like, has he hit a ceiling? That's that's a joke. I don't think he's hit a ceiling, but he's going through a really rough patch. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I hope they trade him because I want that team to bottom out so they get that. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Well, guys, that's all I have for Factor Fiction: cap or no cap. So, (laughs) uh, good stuff. That was fun. Um, before we hop off of this week's episode, anything else you guys, uh, have on your mind? Go donate. If you feel so inclined, it would mean a lot to us and a ton of other people out there. True. 
100%. Yes. Again, uh, if you want to donate, it's on Venmo at the underscore uncontested. Uh, it's a it's a business Venmo account. You can also find it on our Twitter account as well. All money will be going to doing something special for the COVID unit nurses at OU Med uh, Uncontested. We're throwing in our whole December uh, quote unquote paycheck to this as well. Uh, so please consider doing so. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Uncontested. If you join the live stream tonight, you guys were popping in the chat. Thank you so much. Join us again next Sunday at nine. If you haven't joined us yet, man, what are you doing? Get in. You get to see my disgusting handlebar mustache. Uh, you get to see Nick dance to the music. Uh, you get to participate in the conversation. So make sure you hop in. If you're listening to the podcast version, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the uncontested wherever you get your podcast from. We have post game pods after every game. There's a lot this week. We'll be here Monday. It's a Wednesday, lot this week. Friday. And then Sunday uh, after the game, we will be on the live stream again. So lots of stuff coming your guys' way. Make sure to uh, to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get notifications when we go live. And we will talk to you guys in a mere 24 hours after the Thunder take on the Miami Heat. I don't know who's going to be covering that game, but somebody will. So make sure you tune in for that. We will talk to you guys soon. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And as always, thunder up.